0: This is Fragmented Reality, a digital bulletin podcast designed to bust the buzzwords that dominate enterprise technology. My name is Ben Mountser, and in this episode I take my clutch of eggs, each containing an industry buzzword, to Luis Huerta, a Director in Intelligent Automation and Robotics for Cognizant. Okay, Louis. I'm sure when you arrived here today, you didn't expect to have a bowl of eggs no. placed <laughs> in front of you. No, certainly not. No, no. <laughs> but no. these eggs are special eggs. They don't have yolks or whites. They have enterprise technology buzzwords inside nice. them, and we're going to go through them. So, Lewis, if you'd like to crack open your first uh, egg, and we'll see
1: nope. see what emerges. Okay. All right.
0: So the excitement is building here. It
1: says blockchain. Blockchain. Okay. <laughs> well, this is
0: yeah, one of my personal favourites, actually, and I think people associate blockchain a lot with the financial services industry and probably the message about how high potential blockchain is probably isn't quite out there yet, is it? I mean, we we know that blockchain is potentially going to disrupt every single industry not just yeah. financial services with cryptocurrencies and that kind of thing so first of all in terms of your industry Luis do you see blockchain impacting your industry we, we
1: we do we do we do we, we're doing uh, pilots particularly as you said with uh, banking and financial services client uh, to be perfectly honest with you uh, most of those are just because clients want to experiment with it and and sometimes in some extreme cases they just want to tick a box to say are you doing blockchain yes of course we're doing blockchain so, so we, we we see some examples like that um, I think because of what you mentioned, because of the its 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 background and in the, the first application in, in Bitcoin and those old Ethereum and all those cryptocurrencies, I think banking is using them um, uh, even Facebook to create their their own currency. But but um, having a look at it, I think the application is going to be much wider than that. As you mentioned, it's going to be for smart contracts, etc., tenancy agreements, you name it. Anything that has to do eBay, anything that you has to do with um, securely exchanging a contract, I think is going to have much uh, of an application. But so far, we're only seeing that in in uh, banking and financial services. It's interesting what you say, is it almost fashionable to want to explore blockchain? Is that,
0: Do you sense that a lot? We,
1: we have that, and, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a, an example. There was a, a client, and this is a senior client, a CTO, who said to me, you know, I, I got in the lift and bumped into my chief exec. The first thing he said, you know, 30 seconds in the lift, the first thing he says is, oh, I read this thing about blockchain. What are we doing in blockchain? Are we doing something <laughs> in blockchain? And the guy goes into a panic, and next thing you know, he's running a pilot with, you know, two, three people just to tick that box, and I said, what, what are you trying to solve, but not not really, just just to say that we are doing something on blockchain. So I think there's a lot of that in the industry uh, right
0: now. Do you think but there's quite a big gulf between people's ambitions with the blockchain and actually people's understanding of
1: blockchain? Cause yes. It's a, it's, a, it's a very complex... Thing, isn't it, it is a very complex thing and, 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 and I've seen very few people who have that mathematical understanding of what it really is. Uh, lots of people talking about it but, but yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think it's a big gap in understanding so I think it's gonna take a little while to to become a mainstream uh, technology for sure. As someone who's worked in the industry though do you feel that that the kind of
0: pilots that you spoke about there that example you gave us and the investment that sort of big companies are making in this area do you think that is ultimately going to prove Valuable, but do you think blockchain will have the impact that people sort of are estimating? Uh,
1: It's it's hard to say, but I I think I think I think it will. I think I think uh, the investment in the pilot. And I was very cynical about saying people just want to tick a box, but the reality is that the learning they're having by doing these pilots is going to put them ahead of the the curve when it comes to a real application. So no, I think I think I don't think it's throwaway completely. So it's going to move from buzzword to thing to to something. Yes, (laughs) something. Yeah, 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 completely.
0: Okay, excellent. Should we we move on? Let's Let's move on to the next. Let's grab a yellow one this time. Yellow one, okay.
1: And the next one is robotics. Yeah. Okay, robotics. Very close to my heart.
0: The, the, yeah, very close to your heart. I think obviously you'll be able to shed a lot more light on this. But I think the term robotics obviously has been around for quite a long time now. How would you define what robotics means in today's industrial world?
1: Yeah, so so you have you have the big the big distinction is the the, the hardware robotics. Those are the bots that you see, the ones that are from uh, Boston Dynamics jumping and doing twists and whatever. Um, to the new, the new robotics, which is software, software robots, uh, just doing, just replicating what what a human person would do with an application, just doing it uh, automatically. Those, those are, I guess, uh, what what uh, are, are taking more more prominence in this industry right now. So, would you say
0: the definition? Is more leaning towards the software robots because we'll see the the hardware robots are great in industrial settings, Correct. but the software ro- robotics is something that could potentially infiltrate uh,
1: yes. all industries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without without being politically incorrect, uh, I think the hardware robots have been helping and replacing a lot of the blue collar work. Uh, these software robots are tackling the white collar activities, so processing an invoice, processing a purchase order, activities that are very very mechanical. That a, that a software bot can, can do quite quite easily. Yeah. That's right. So we're
0: talking RPA here, aren't we? Robotic process Correct. automation. It's yeah. an area that you obviously specialise in. Do you want to give us a bit of an insight into how um, powerful that those technologies will be yeah, going course. forward?
1: Yes, of course. So so I think I think it's it's incredibly powerful. It's 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 really transforming the, the industry and it, it's liberating people from the, the repetitive, very mechanical jobs, uh, it's taking all of that away uh, to be done by the robot so that they can have that free time to do the creative, the really difficult part that us human can, can do. So, so it's having a, a significant impact in particularly in finance and accounting, HR, some of those processes that are very, very repetitive um, and it's liberating people really to do some of the difficult stuff.
0: How, how far along that journey do you think we are in terms of
1: industry and um, deployment of these yeah. technologies? Uh, it's an interesting question. So I think, I think it varies by industry. So you have, you have the banks, for example, that are, uh, I would say, very, very mature. They're actually now running out of um, mechanical process to automate because they've done all the, all the long hanging fruit and they're moving into some of the more complex cognitive processes that are much harder to automate but then at the same time you have you have telcos for example and you have life sciences organizations that haven't even you know tried RPA or they're just starting to, to, to get into RPA so for them the, the journey is just just starting only starting now
0: That's fine. do you think there's some work to do on the perception of um, automation and robotics because I think you know the, the average man on the street might worry about um, the, the kind of impact that this will have on the workforce, and I think the point you just made there about. liberating the workforce to do better jobs is a message that we hear quite a lot, but do you think that message is getting through?
1: Um, Um, It's it's an interesting point, and I I think think we advise our clients to be very, very careful in in how they manage the communication because this is not, you know, how many people am I going to get rid of? Uh, It's it's, it's about how can I be more efficient, closer to my customers, quicker in this process, maybe more compliant, make less errors, etc. Not necessarily about the the, the cost reduction, but I think the cost reduction is still in many, many organisations the kind of the key key thing um, they, they, they look at when when looking into 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 RBA, um, now the the point around um, liberating people, I think I think is quite important, uh, and and, and um, it's important to manage expectations. The bot will only be able to do the the mechanic, the robotic uh, um, um, elements of, of the job, but all of us do you know part of that and part, part intelligent, creative, decision making, etc. So to give you a very quick example. Um, Processing an application uh, from from a, from from a candidate uh, that wants to work with us is a very mechanical thing. You take the data from two systems into a third one. You do some evaluation. That's it. All of that can be done by the bot. Selecting the best candidate for a particular role that's only um, a human can do that kind of thing so 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 by liberating people from the admin activities then you let them do the the critical stuff so humans are still very central to it that's your that's your message absolutely absolutely and the term the term you will see in robotics is human in the loop Mm -hmm. Uh, and for us it's very very important it's it's making sure that the 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 the, just because you're using robotics you're not giving away that responsibility you still you still own that process you're just getting a little bit of help uh, along the way Excellent, really good. Okay, brilliant. Next up, let's
0: grab the next one. So, it's turquoise green kind of <laughs> color there. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> so this one is
0: oh my goodness ah the future of work. Okay, so this is a quite an open term. Obviously, when
1: when you hear the the future of work, what comes to mind? So I, th- I think it's a combination of things. It's is 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 about location. Uh, i think that's a big thing uh, when i grew up uh my, my parents work you, you go to work that that's 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 what you grew up under and, and that means going into a place uh, uh and i think that's changing a little bit and work is now what you do the activity as opposed to the place uh, the office or whatever whatever you have to do so it's so it's about location uh in, in a way it's also think about um, how we spend our time and how we how we how we measure uh, success again is it about the number of hours you put in or is it about the productivity or is it about what you what you achieve so i think that's that's also that's also changing in 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 the future but it's also about i think it's also about um changing the ways we do we do our work by by using technology of course i would say that uh but just to just to be more productive um, in in what we do on a daily basis
0: what role yeah you mentioned technology there what role do you think technology has in sort of enabling this journey to a a more mobile, more um, flexible kind of workforce that I think we all know where, where it's going
1: yeah technology. I think I think it plays a huge part it plays a huge part with the technology that we have today you know you you can pretty much be anywhere and and, and continue to be productive you can join meetings you can uh, meet with a client you it's, it's uh, you can do work from anywhere so I think the jobs of the jobs today and in the future more uh, will, will, will give you that ability to be you know uh, free in terms of the location and and and, and often the even the, the the hours that you want to to put in as well
0: and from your your own personal experience, can you give us a bit of insight into how you work and the challenges you might face in you know yeah. traveling on that kind of thing? Yeah,
1: no, yeah. it's it's an interesting one. So my my, my job involves working with clients uh, from all of Europe, so there's a lot of travel involved, but there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, working from home as well because I can I can attend meetings and calls. It really doesn't matter where people are, where my colleagues are. I have colleagues joining from India, from the States. The client has people all over the place, and we're we're very productive like that. Um, I think I think it's important also, uh, particularly in in my role to keep that face-to-face element I think that's always going to be there and, and and I I always insist in at least once a month you know go and see the client grab a coffee with them etc it's really really important to not to lose that 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 contact but it definitely helps not having to travel every week to to, to meet them for sure
0: yeah do you, do you believe the office will eventually become obsolete or do you think there was there will still be a place for
1: I think I, th- I think I think it is becoming obsolete I was talking to to um, uh, somebody who works for uh, one of the big four and and they measure, They he works for the real estate and corporate services area, and they measure the ratio between seats and employees. And they have a target to reduce, I think they have one seat for every seven employees now, and he was saying we need to get to one seat for every 20 employees. So they're really shrinking, R- real estate, especially in some of the cities like London, is very, very expensive. So I think uh, it's, it's uh, you know, they, they're, they're using that capital to improve the life of employees as opposed to give them a seat in a fancy location. That's changing, okay. yeah. Fantastic! Really interesting stuff. Four more eggs
0: to go. Okay, so gone for the last yellow one. Yep. This one is customer centricity. How would you define customer
1: centricity, and how powerful do you think that, as a concept, is in today's business world? I, I, I love it. I love that customer uh, that, that that example. And and, and and what what to me what it is 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 making sure you design your business and your processes around the needs of of the customer. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the analogy that I would use is, when I grew up, uh, my grandfather used to have this, this radio, really, really old radio, to make it work, you know, you have to tune, and sometimes you hear you know, crackling noise, and you have to tune. So, very simple machine um, to use, very complex for the user to use. Nowadays you get digital music, you press a button and you have fantastic quality music. It's not that the complexity has gone away, it's just that the complexity is now on the other side and for me, I just have to enjoy the music. So I think that is a good analogy to use um, for any any business that has a a, a client-facing element. You have to try and do that. Build your business around the client and make it easy for them to, to, to do what they need to do.
0: How, obviously we hear a lot of, uh, most businesses, certainly corporations have this strategy now where they are very, they're, very, they're being very public about their desire to be customer-centric, yeah. but obviously businesses have a lot of people to answer for, shareholders, um, executive boards, it's not it's not just the customer. So how, how realistic do you think that obsession with absolute customer
1: centrality is. I think it's. I think it's. I think. I think you're absolutely right that it's tough, especially for businesses that have been around for a while, uh, that are very large. It's. It's. It's difficult. It's, it's, it's. difficult to to transform your business the way you operate into a customer centricity model. Um, and, and sometimes what you see is you, st- you see. Parts of the business uh, doing this well, but you still have all the back office etc., doing the, the, the stuff they, they typically do. So I think it's a big challenge for companies today. Yeah. In a way, it's
0: the the bigger the company, the harder it is. You yeah. Know, the, especially the more established, the traditional. I'm, I'm thinking in the finance industry, for example, the banks who have been um, challenged by smaller challenger banks. They're called, aren't they? Correct. Where they're able to offer exactly what the customer wants because they're smaller and agile and yeah, nimble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's going to be a fascinating um, story to see unfold over the
1: next ten. 20 years isn't it uh, completely completely yeah. and i think and i think that, that's what exactly what those startups will have will have an advantage because it's going to be much more harder for the established businesses to 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 change uh, completely yeah in a way sometimes they have to they have to almost re re-engineer themselves completely to do
0: this yeah and what about the customers themselves because obviously we we know customers demands are, are going up and up and up do you, do you see that trend continuing do you think we're being a bit too demanding as customers i, th- I
1: think i think we are and it, to be honest it's a it's a It's a difficult one to crack, but I I take the example of of Apple where everybody used to say, you know, Steve Jobs now coming up with this thing, the iPad, and nobody asks for it. He doesn't respond to any customer, et cetera. Next thing we know, everybody's using it. And he he used to take a slightly different approach to say, I'll I'll tell you what you need. I tell you, this is what you need, as opposed to, you know, listening to everybody. Because I think you can fall into the trap of listening too much. And then not not being able to do anything because it's just as you say. I think we're becoming spoiled uh, for choice, etc. So I think there comes a point where there needs to be a balance between listening to what your customers are saying and also you know having your own expert opinion on on what you should be doing. Yeah, that's excellent.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly think this is a trend that isn't going to go away. And I think obviously you look at the really disruptive companies over the last. Um, 10 years uber yeah. airbnb that they are yeah. they are the companies who have provided a service which maybe people didn't even realize they needed before cool. but actually they've stepped into the market and done it so i think yeah buzz, buzzword absolutely but it's definitely a um an overriding aspect of most business for uh, sure for sure. these days so for sure. three eggs left two blue uh, one okay let's go, let's go for uh, the blue. Go
1: for a blue one um let me see this one is
0: automation automation okay <laughs> nice so. I guess it's a similar kind of discussion to robotics and first of all what what do you think automation encompasses that maybe just robotics doesn't how would you define automation?
1: So so robotics will focus just on the mechanical activities yeah. uh, the mechanical tasks that, that, that I mentioned for automation is a slightly wider concept and it covers uh, cognitive automation so when you have to make a decision uh, let me give you an example so if you're processing a mortgage application in a bank robotics will only do the getting the data from one system to the other or reading a piece of paper and put it into 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 one of the, the systems uh, cognitive automation will help you make the decision is this person uh, you know based on the credit score based on the you know income and all these things uh, the, the bot is helping you make a decision not making the decision for you but helping you make a decision and and, and, and they learn you you've heard the term machine learning bots learn and they will say oh the last time I saw this and that and that particular variable this is the decision you made therefore I suggest you, you, you you're consistent with that so I think it's it's a, it's a fascinating field but uh, yes automation covers more than just the robotic piece yeah
0: so in in terms of the um, journeys that a lot of companies want to go on now with data it is automation is a critical part of that isn't it
1: it is completely it is and and and, and you heard the the uh, one one of the buzzwords, big data uh, all the data that, that organizations have uh, you know it's fantastic to put it in one place and create a data lake and all these wonderful things but the crucial thing to me is is what are you going to do with it and i think the the biggest opportunity that you have with data is to is to analyze it and come up with automation opportunities mm-hmm. uh, as i mentioned you know, analyzing decisions that were made in the past analyzing problems we have another customer that that is using um, they, they're they're a, a big telco and they're using the system logs from the router that you have for broadband in your home and everybody's homes uh, to anticipate issues. And they say, when I saw this particular uh, issue and that particular um, element in the log... Uh, the next thing we knew is the system went down. So let's anticipate that and let's proactively forecast those those things. So yeah, no, I think it's a fascinating area. That one.
0: Can you give the listeners any sort of idea of the scope of productivity improvement and change that actually automation could have for businesses? Because it is potentially massive, isn't it?
1: It's huge. It is. It is huge. It is huge. And 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 it, it's it's um. I think I think the potential is, is is very significant, but I think it's equally important is to select the right areas to to do it. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it, we were talking to a, an oil and gas uh, client the other day, and they have a large finance, HR, procurement area. Our recommendation is, you know, start there because, you know, there's a lot of automation that you can do. Uh, don't start in your refineries, you know, the, the in, in some rig um, in the ocean. Don't start there. They're very uh, human intensive process, very complex. That's not the best place to start. Maybe there will be automation there at some point, but you need to start with the basis and then grow from there. If I'm a sm- uh, the owner of a small company with uh, you know a
0: limited technical skill set, how how would I you know, I might hear the word automation on a podcast like this and think you know oh that sounds great. How how would a small company or a medium sized company look at deploying these technologies because the no- you, n- you need the knowledge of how to deploy it as you just
1: said. That is that is correct. That is correct. And and, and my, my my advice is is you need to you need to you need to find a partner that can help you along the way. It's it, I think it's really important not to try to do it yourself. Yes, but by all means, you know, educate yourself and learn as much as you can, but it's always helpful to, to get a partner to help you off the ground and, and at least give you the foundation that you need to to start with with the right foot.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Five eggs have hatched. All We've right. got two more cracking at the seams, so let's go for the penultimate egg. Yep. This one here says digital disruption. <laughs> ah, <laughs> this is one of my favourites because <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the word disruption um, has, you know, literally means a problem really Mm -hmm. like a disruption isn't necessarily a good thing but I think in the technology sphere disruption has has taken on a different kind of meaning and what what is that meaning to you? What, when you yeah, see, it's when you it's
1: hit? it's interesting, and I think it's, it's also one of the digital. If we take if we take um, you, you took the word disruption, let me take digital first because I think it's also one that has been overused in the industry quite a lot. Everything is digital, it's digital this, digital this, and we're um, and one of our clients were saying something like we we're not uh, we don't do digital, we are digital. What does what does that mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of um, hype uh, around that. But coming back to your point, di- digital disruption. What I think it is is uh when business models are completely changed by the use of technology you mentioned the example of uber before that's that's a perfect example airbnb whatever you name it it's it, it's, it's it's radically transforming uh the, the the industry um uh by using technology that 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 to me in a nutshell that's that's what it is if we, there's yeah. only a small section of
0: um companies or individuals whoever they are who can disrupt in a way that you th- you mentioned the term is overused do you think it's incorrectly used when talking just about digital initiatives or digital change
1: it, uh, you're right you're right and, and and I've seen many 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 organizations using traditional business models because for if we take about the example of uber or Netflix or whatever those are businesses that started like that so for them they didn't transform themselves they're disrupting the industry but they didn't transform themselves I think it's a lot harder for a, for a co- traditional company even if they create this team uh, a, a team for digital innovation or digital disruption or whatever name they they uh, one of my clients they, they have a team called it Digital attacker, because uh, wow. they want to be really bold and aggressive on, on the term. So, digital attacker is a big team of people that are just driving disruption across the business. And I, I, I tend to take a skeptical eye about it. I think the moment you create a team to drive digital disruption, I think you've gone the wrong way I think digital disruption should be in every employee at the organization if you really want it to happen it needs to be in the culture and everybody should be responsible for doing it as opposed to if you take that team the message I think you send to your employees is that okay those guys are responsible for disruption I, I continue to do my stuff but that, that's the way I look at it
0: that's really do you see that a lot? that kind of segregation where you've companies and hastily putting together pe- teams of people to disrupt te- yeah. technology
1: yeah yeah that, that's how i say it and, and they, they they get some some super super techie ninjas uh you know driving that stuff and they they take they take people from different areas because oh i need a an hr sme and i need a finance sme so they get they get all this team together and they, they get they, they come up with really good stuff but it's it, it's really difficult to um to, to get that back into the business and and change the ways of working because precisely people see that as an alien concept it's that it's that team putting that together they never ask me you know and so so I, I think I think I think it needs to be back uh, it needs to be it needs to be yes there it's fantastic that you have a team innovating etc but you need to involve the entire organisation I think disruption is something which will
0: probably can't you know this this era we're in at the moment where it's very fashionable to talk about your digital um, change plans and everything but mm-hmm. do you think we will sort of hit a plane at some point and. Or do you feel, because of the rate of change of technology and the rate of development, that this this kind of environment we're in at the moment, where people want to disrupt and want to be seen to be disrupting, is going to just continue?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one to, to answer, but I think it it will come. Digital disruption as a concept, I think it will come to an end. I mean, if you look at people, uh, if you look at babies now, that uh, you know, I, I I don't have a young baby, but I, I have a, my friends just just had one, and if you look at the baby, just you know. Just, quite happily with uh, playing with the phone, playing with the iPad, etc. not the toys we used to have when, when you and I grew up. Um, for those guys, could you imagine when they're in the work environment, there's not going to be such a thing as digital disruption because everything will be... Because digital will be their life. That, exactly. Th- yeah, It won't exactly. even be a, a separate concept. It will be Correct. who they are, which it, is quite a scary concept. I, I, <laughs> I, agree, I agree. But I, I think that's what's going to happen. So yeah. so digital disruption, I think, has a, a shelf life, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah.
0: Has it been quite exciting to be in, in that sort of generation where you obviously you knew the pre-digital age and you've seen it evolve obviously you're talking about a future there where digital will be normal yeah. but it's it's, it's quite a, the era we're in at the moment i think it, it is fantastic i think it is
1: fantastic when 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 i was growing up and i i, I remember when i got the first uh, my dad bought my first uh, computer uh in the 80s and uh you know it was it was an alien thing was like what is this thing and i started coding etc it was fantastic it was it was the new stuff it was what's coming etc it's quite interesting to see that you know 25 years down the line, th- th- we're, 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 we're still driving that, uh, that disruption. But I think uh, we are probably the only generation that is going to live through that. I think the new generations are just going to perhaps build on, on, on that. But they're, as, as you said, they're going to be digital from, from the beginning, for sure. Yeah. Well, eggs have very much survived the digital age. I think they <laughs> will continue
0: to be a good source of nutrients and yep. buzzwords, as we'll find out with uh, this last let's one
1: here. take the last one. And... The last one says chatbot. Chatbot,
0: okay. (laughs) And first question to you on this point, Sure. as a customer yourself, as a consumer, as someone who might be um, paying a bill or updating a tariff or something like that, do you enjoy
1: using chatbots? Um, I don't, for the most part. No. I don't, for the most part. And I, I, will break down my chatbot experience into into <laughs> two. <laughs> There's, you can, and, and, and <laughs> if you look at those, you, you can you can uh, when you're interacting with the chatbot, you can see if it's a uh, class one or class two. I I, I will call them. Okay. Class one is the the one that you can see that it's it's trained to give you uh, boilerplate answers. Oh, is this person looking for this? Oh, here's the boilerplate answer. It doesn't do anything. It, if if you're if it's a bank or whatever, it won't do anything on your account. It won't it won't be able to apply for a loan or do, e- execute an action. It's just answering questions from a predefined database, which I can probably find online. Those I don't I don't enjoy using much. Um, I think the, the the second class of chatbots that are now becoming more more relevant are the ones that are able to take action and say, you know, I want to transfer from this account to that account if it's a if if it's a um, if it's a financial one or if it's anything else that that can take action, not just give me information but actually do something with I'm saying. I think those are, 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 are much better now. With the advent of not only not only the the web chatbots, but you have mobile, you have the Alexis of the world, etc. I think that's going to be an interesting space to look into for the next few years for sure. Yeah. So yeah.
0: the technology you're saying itself is going to develop to a point where the user experience is enjoyable, almost rather than
1: a, a problem correct because yeah. because it, it does something right it does something and, and right now you can you can ask alexa to buy stuff for you and the next thing you know is you know they're knocking on the door with it so it's it's it, it adds it provides a value straight away not just giving me information but it's adding a value so it's a, i think it's an interesting place Definitely. can you give us
0: a, a bit of insight into the sort of technological work that's going on to make chatbots more realistic more human humanizing them
1: maybe is the wrong word but making them
0: a better um tool for businesses so i think i think
1: I think what's what's been happening and and we touch on many of the many of those um uh, phenomena should we call it mm. many of these things we talked we talked about with the uh, the different um, terms in the x today uh are helping and, and, and what I mean by that is the, the technology the, the, the technology landscape is changing you get um, now systems exposing functionality as APIs uh, you get robotics in, the, in, in place where that can do things quite quickly uh, unattended etc so if you combine all those things now all of a sudden you're giving this chatbot the ability to do things. To ask a question from a system, to submit a transaction into another system, to get a bot to do something for you. So, so I think it's 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 going to be an interesting space because bots are gonna, chat bots in particular are going to uh, 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 evolve from being uh, just a question and answer type of thing into something that can do something for you. Yeah. Well, I was speaking to um,
0: somebody else about this topic. They they kind of said um, that when it comes to humanising them, he he didn't understand why companies try and put a name to chatbots and try to <laughs> try to sort of almost trick oh. the. Yeah, the user into believing that it's a human. Is that a sort of a view that you would take on as well? I think so
1: too. Yeah. I think so too. You know, they give it a name and a yeah. face and yeah. whatever. You know, does it help? It doesn't help. Just just give me that chatbot interface. i I'm a, I would be m- much happier as a customer if if it if it helps me solve my. Problem, then you know if uh, if it's a she or a he or whatever it is it
0: doesn't doesn't really matter. Well, Luis, thank you very much for your insights, today. I hope, hope you enjoyed that as well. I mean, we're out of eggs now, so that's all. The, <laughs> that's all the um, there, there are many more buzzwords. I think you'll agree that we could we could cover. But um thank you very much. No, and, very enjoyable conversation. Thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much. Power up your day with the Bulletin Brief. The latest news, insights, and opinion delivered straight to your inbox. Subscribe now at digitalbullet.in.